Welcome to the Korean Lab Podcast. Today we're going to go over the changes that are coming to CrossFit. So in January 1st of 2019, there's going to be a lot of changes that you're going to see inside of CrossFit, inside of CrossFit as a business model, as well as the CrossFit Games. Why are these changes important to you as the individual athlete and why these changes are going to impact the healthcare industry as a whole? So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope this enlightens a lot of you as to what's coming to the sport of CrossFit and what's coming to each of us as a result of CrossFit taking over the healthcare industry. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. Welcome to episode five of the Creating the Lab podcast. In today's episode, we're going to, you know... Go a little different direction. Today we're going to talk about uh, the sport of CrossFit, the company of CrossFit, and where I think things are headed, whether or not I think they're going in the right direction or not, you know, and what's headed in the future for uh, for us as a CrossFit community. Um, so first off, <clears throat> for those that don't know, CrossFit is on a major paradigm shift. Uh, we used to focus... You know, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about the CrossFit Games and seeing them on TV and seeing these, you know, really elite athletes doing some crazy stuff. And it was very inspiring to watch. Today, however, we're seeing a giant shift away from these elite athletes, these guys that can do crazy things on pull-up bars and lift crazy amounts of weights. And we're now going to start focusing more on the community of CrossFit, which is the everyday athlete, the everyday grandma, grandfather, you know, house mom of three kids, you know, dad that works a job and comes into the gym every day. That's where CrossFit is headed. And I, for one, am very excited about this shift. Um, I think the CrossFit Games are a great thing. I love watching them. Um, But... That is the very, very small percentage of what is the CrossFit community. Majority of us as athletes will never be there. However, we all come in the gym every day. Majority of us have everyday lives that we can't go work out three, four, or five times a day. So we don't necessarily understand what those athletes are going through. And when we try to do that, we get hurt right away. CrossFit as a company, CrossFit as a community is now shifting away from the games. Uh, one giant thing they just got rid of was there's no more regionals. They got rid of regionals. And for those that didn't know, you know, those are unfamiliar with how the sport of CrossFit used to be. You know, we used to do the Open, which is a five-week test. Then <clears throat> only a very small percentage of that would go to regionals. And then from regionals, it depends on what region you're in, one to five people from your region, the top one or the top five, would then end up going to the CrossFit Games. We have now gotten rid of the regionals aspect. And a lot of competitive athletes are a little disappointed in this shift and they don't like where it's headed. But you got to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And recently I got to do a a meeting with some high up people inside of CrossFit down in Nashville and we got to hear what CrossFit is doing, where CrossFit is headed. And just like CrossFit 
redesign the fitness industry. Anyone that tells you they haven't doesn't know anything about the fitness industry. CrossFit has redesigned the fitness industry. Even places like Gold's Gym and Planet Fitness are slowly adding different areas, different sections of their gyms to incorporate more quote-unquote functional fitness areas. Even though they still haven't really understood what we were talking about when we were talking about functional fitness, they're still headed in these directions. CrossFit is now trying to revamp the healthcare industry. And anybody that's in the healthcare industry can tell you the industry is jacked up. There's it's a mess of an industry. Right now CrossFit is trying to revamp these industries and try to incentivize the idea that hey, healthy individuals should not be paying these high premiums to subsidize unhealthy people. That's what they're trying to do. That's where their money is being focused, trying to revamp what the healthcare what the healthcare industry has become, which is a giant subsidized industry, and try to save people money. Because hey, if you go to the gym every day and you fix your diet, we have now saved so many people from these metabolic diseases that are occurring. We're trying to get rid of type 2 diabetes. We're trying to get rid of some some forms of cancer that all are just diet-related to begin with. So if we start fixing people's diets, we can start saving the healthcare industry money, and that money should be passed down to the consumer. CrossFit is trying to lobby these organizations, lobby Congress to start understand, try to revamp the industry. And there's a pilot programming pilot program being created in Nashville right now that's going to hopefully make its way out to the you know broader industry so we'll see how this works out I mean I, I can't tell you how it's gonna play out just yet but I'm hoping that this uh, this new venture that CrossFit is going is as successful as it is as it was when it came down to revamp in the fitness industry now a lot of, like I said, a lot of CrossFit competitive athletes are a little disappointed in this shift as they get rid of regionals and they're going more towards these CrossFit sanctioned events spread out throughout the country, throughout the world. And now the top finisher of these sanctioned events is going to go on and move on to the CrossFit Games. As well as one athlete from each country in the Open. The top athlete in every country in the Open is going to buy their ticket, punch their ticket, if you will, to the CrossFit Games. Again, a lot of people are kind of disappointed in this, but let's take a step back and let's look at the broader picture of what's going to happen now. By going down this road, by allowing these sanctioned events to hold events that are actually going to send somebody to the CrossFit Games, this is opening the door just as the CrossFit affiliate process was brought down to the lowest common denominator, just the coaches and the athletes, these sanctioned events are doing the same thing now. Greg Glassman has taken power away from CrossFit and is giving it to the affiliates to run the quote-unquote regional events. And I, for one, am really excited about this because as an affiliate owner, CrossFit doesn't tell me how to run my business. CrossFit doesn't tell me what I need to charge how much my t-shirts are going to cost, 
when my hours are going to be, what days off I'm allowed to have. They don't tell me any of that. That's all my decisions. Same thing for these sanctioned events. CrossFit is not going to tell these events how to run their event. They can get as many sponsors as they want. They can have as many events as they want. They can now choose the event that they feel is best to test the fitness of these athletes. Before, there was one man creating the regional events. He had a team. He did have some help. But it all came down to Dave Casho choosing who was going to go to the games. Now we have these local affiliates getting to decide, getting to choose and have a say in how these events are structured and how these events are run. So it's going to be very, very interesting, in my opinion, how we as a community can create events. They've already started, you know, teaming up together. Now if you finish second or third in, you know, one sanctioned event, some of those sanctioned events are going to allow you, if you've got a podium event, you can bypass the online qualifier for their event and automatically punch your ticket to their, to their event and now allow you another opportunity to go to the CrossFit Games. Some of the even higher level athletes, the .0001%, the guys that finished in the top five of the games year after year after year, are now even going to be more impressive because now a guy like Matt Frazier who is going to Dubai to compete in the Dubai Finnish Championships, he can now do the Dubai Finnish Championships and now focus solely on the games. Whereas before, if you finished, when you finished regionals, if you finished in the top, you know, one to five places, depending on your region, and made it to the CrossFit Games, you only had, you know, a couple months to prepare for the games. Now these guys have time to go back to the training board, figure out where their weaknesses are, and now set their schedules for the games. There's going to be so much more competition at the games now, I believe, because these athletes aren't going to be as broken, as tired, as worn out as they are when it comes to the games because the open to regionals to the games is only a six-month period or so. Even less than that in reality. It just depends on when the games are and when the open starts. But now these athletes can go into these sanctioned events in early September, early October, and then train all year round specifically for the games. And I think that that's going to add more challenge when it comes down to games time because now even more athletes are going to be able to give these top-tier athletes a run for their money because they've been able to train all year round for the games. Whereas before, again, you trained for the Open or you trained for Regionals. And if you got through Regionals, you came to the Games. You know, and another thing was Regionals. Regionals was one weekend, depending on where you lived. If I lived in Tennessee, the Central Region was my region. I, if I had a bad weekend, if I got the flu, if I had a stomach virus, if I pulled a hamstring you know, earlier that week in training, I'm screwed for that weekend. I'm going up against the best in my region not 100%. Whereas now, I can actually, if I have a bad weekend at the Dubai Fitness Championships, I can start, I can, you know, drop out of that one and go to the Killcliffe Granite Games, or I can go down to Wadapalooza, or I can go to Europe and compete out in Europe. There's nothing stopping me from doing any of that. And I can revamp my training, get myself healthy, 
and attack one of those events with the same vigor as I would have if I had if I was a healthy athlete going into you know the central region. You know when you're training up and you only have one opportunity to make it. If you just have a bad weekend, you're just screwed for the rest of the year. All that training meant nothing. You now lost that lost out on your opportunity to go to the games. Now we've just opened that door so that these athletes can go to the games even if they still have a bad weekend some some weekend throughout the year. And again, how many times would you know the guy or a woman who or the team that won the CrossFit games, you know, been on top of the leaderboard if, you know, someone else, you know, who just had a bad weekend at regionals, now they have a chance to, you know, attack and, you know, even give somebody a run for their money. So in that aspect, I'm very excited about, you know, the upcoming CrossFit game season, as well as the seasons that are going to come after this. And, you know, with CrossFit as a company, their new focus on CrossFit health, me as an affiliate owner, I'm really excited about this because now it's not just me talking about health and not me talking about hey you know what you put in your what you put in your uh, food every day what what food you eat every day how that affects your diet how that affects your you know how that affects your performance how that's going to affect you not just today not just tomorrow but five years from now ten years from now you know when I'm talking about this stuff you're not only hearing that from me hopefully now with this new initiative that they're trying to run there's going to be be more information put out to doctors, be more information put pushed out to the nutritionists out there, you know. And it comes down to the everyday life, the family. We won't have to go see a doctor to hear about nutrition. You you're going to be hearing about nutrition at your home at dinner time when you're actually putting the food in your mouth. You're going to understand why you know certain foods are bad for you, and this you know this idea that. You know, okay, drinking soda isn't that bad for you. You know, everything in moderation. You know, soda's horrible for you. There's not an ounce of soda that has any nutritional value. Yet so many people drink it every day thinking that it's not that bad for you. Whereas one can of soda, you know, one can of Coke or whatever costs 100, you know, it's 120 grams of sugar. There's just nothing but sugar in these diets. And how bad sugar is for you, there's nothing good in these, you know, these sugars that we're eating that we're constantly inundated with on a daily basis. I can't go down to any store, even the quote-unquote, you know, nutritional supplement stores and not pick up something and then look at the sugar label and see how much sugar is inside them. Um, so hopefully by hearing this stuff more, hearing about this stuff on a daily basis about how bad, you know, these foods are for you, people will make better informed decisions on their health, on their life, so that when they come to the gym, they come to the gym already healthy. And the nutrition piece that we talk about as being the base of the pyramid isn't necessarily something they've heard first from us. It's something that we talk about more in school, from your doctors, from, you know, at work. This is something that we we shouldn't be only hearing about when, when we go to a gym. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to about dieting, and that's the first time they've heard that, you know, fats are not going to make you fat that fats aren't necessarily bad for you you know you know excess carbohydrates are what's killing america and some people just haven't heard that before so hopefully again with this new initiative that crossfit as a company is running 
we start learning more and people start coming into the gyms already with an informed decision about how they're going to fix your life, not just I want to get quote unquote fitter. So guys, I'm really excited about this you know, upcoming CrossFit game season. I hope you guys are too. I hope this explains a little bit about what's going on and where we're headed as a sport, as a community. You know, and we'll see what happens with the, you know, change is always scary, but hopefully with this, you know, just as CrossFit, you know, changed the fitness industry, we're now going to change the healthcare industry and it doesn't impact our sport too badly. So, you know, tell me what you think. Hope you guys enjoyed this today's episode and uh, don't forget to leave a uh, rating, you know, hopefully a five-star rating in the uh, review section and uh, have a good one, guys. Do great things for your country. All right, guys, welcome back to the Creative Lab Podcast. Today we're going to talk about some of the nagging injuries that people see inside the gym and why they're seeing these injuries. You know, a couple of common fault, you know, injuries that we see in the gym tend to be in the shoulders, the back, and the hips. Um, these are the most common areas that people tend to get injured, especially in our gym. Um, and how we can go about fixing these issues. A lot of these times it has nothing to do with improper you know, mechanics or whatever. It has a lot to do with the differences between stability and mobility. A lot of athletes don't understand the difference between the two. And this is what's leading people down a path to injury. Um, and when I say injury, these aren't injuries that are knocking people out of the gym for you know, long periods of time. These aren't surgery-related issues. These are just nagging little pains. And when it comes down to athletic, you know, achievement, athletic sport, whatever you're doing, there's always a risk of injuries, quote unquote. There's always some, you know, there's always a risk that something's going to happen. There's really no way around it. As long as you're moving through life, there's a chance that you're going to get injured. I can get injured walking down the street and twist my ankle. I mean, it just is what it is. There's some athletes in my gym that know exactly what I'm talking about, but they uh, just breathe and they get injured. It's, there's nothing you can do about it. But what, you know, what's happening right now is we're seeing a lot of these just little nagging injuries, especially in the shoulder and the lower back. And we're going to talk about today why people are seeing these injuries. What I tend to see is a lot of athletes have great mobility and they lack stability. They're able to get their bodies into a position where they can get a full range of motion squat or they can hold their arms overhead with the barbell and they can squat with a barbell over their head in a great overhead squat but what they are lacking is stability and this goes down to you know a lot of athletes and their their common fault is they focus too much on the mobility aspect and that's because mobility has become so such a popular term nowadays um, you got Mobility Wad, you got ROM Wad, you got all types of programs out there that people are teaching all these things to do with bands and lacrosse balls and softballs and all this stuff, foam rollers, and people are watching their favorite athletes do these, you know, routines, and they're like, oh man, I need to do that too, and they just start going at it. Um, great, and I'm I'm happy that people are doing it. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I I. Preach it. I want you to make sure you're doing your post-workout mobility or your pre-workout warm-ups and mobility. You know, great for you. I want you to do it. But people are missing the point in these routines. 
One thing Kelly Starrett stresses more than anything, he is the movement guy. He's ne- he's not the mo- he's not the stretching guy. He doesn't preach stretching. He preaches movement. And if your movement patterns are compromised, that's when you start doing more mobility behind it. Um, he always preaches stability above all things. He wants you to be in a stable position, not necessarily a mobile position. And so, like, when we're talking about the overhead squat, you know, some people can have a great overhead squat and they still have these nagging shoulder injuries. And the reason for that is their stabilizing muscles are just very, very weak and they just can't support the barbell for over a period of time. So if they're doing a workout like Nancy where there's 400 meter run, 15 overhead squats and 95 pounds for the guys, 65 pounds for the women, they're doing these overhead squats and they have good mobility and they're going into the overhead squats but they lack the stability to maintain that barbell in that good overhead position over a given period of time they start to lose that so they they need to work on their shoulder stability no amount of band stretching is going to help with that stabilizing issue you need to work on certain things to strengthen the shoulder girdle to build up your stabilizer muscle so you can maintain that bar in that good overhead position. And then as we go along, we still want to work on that mobility to possibly bring those hands in a little closer. You know, on the other side of the house, we have, you know, people that can that have good stability. They're able to do overhead squats for a long period of time with their hands really far out wide all the way by the sleeves of the barbell. They have good stability there, and I love it. I want you to stay there for as long as you need to be, but at the same time, I want to work on your mobility to bring those hands in a little closer so as to be in a better position when I'm doing these overhead squats. You know, if I'm missing stability, I can be injured. If I'm, you know, hypermobile and I need to work on my stability, I'm just going to get hurt because these little muscles cannot support that barbell over the long durations of your workout. You know, same thing, if I have good stability in one spot, that doesn't mean I need to stay there. I need to work on my mobility to bring my hands in a little closer, or I can bring my legs in a little closer and work on my mobility to be in a better position when I do these workouts. You know, a lot of these nagging injuries are this reason. You know, moving away from the shoulders, you know, another common injury or you know, common nagging issue people tend to see is in their backs, their their lumbar spine. You know, the range of motion of the lumbar spine is pretty good if you if you think about it. You know, we all sit slouched over in our chairs. That you know, whereas we want to be in that good S curve at the bottom of our you know squat, we still want to maintain a nice lumbar curve. Once you sit into a chair, everybody just relaxes and they just lose that lumbar curve and they start to slouch over. You know, so the the mobility in that lumbar spine is pretty good. However, you don't have the stability. And you'll see this in a lot of uh, newer athletes or younger athletes where as they squat down, they completely lose that lumbar curve at the bottom. So they got the mobility to get down into the bottom of the squat, but they don't have the stability to maintain that good posture position in a good squat. In an air squat, we can get away with a little bit of, you know, butt wink, as some people like to call it. You're able to, you know, lose that lumbar curve, and it's not going to be too detrimental to you. Not for a younger athlete, anyway. And 
the problem with that is as they grow older, obviously for those that you know have been in this position, they are going to lead themselves down a path towards injury. Or when I put a barbell on their back, they start losing that lumbar curve. Now we're walking down that road you know, faster towards that injury mark. So you want to fix that as soon as possible. And if I don't have the stability to maintain that lumbar curve in the bottom of an air squat, I'm clearly not going to have the stability to maintain it once I put a barbell on my back with 300 pounds on it. So we want to fix the stability issue early on with the air squat. And that's that's the importance of the air squat. That's why we go over the air squat in the on-ramp. You know, if you go if you ever you know completed your CrossFit level one, you would know air squat is the first thing they talk about. Why? Because it's the basic movement. If we can fix that right off the bat, we teach people what stability of the lumbar curve is, then it, they can start maintaining for higher, you know, higher skilled movements like the deadlift, the clean, or the snatch. So we want to fix it early. We got to fix the stability issue in a lot of people's movement patterns. You know, again, I want to, I want you to mobilize. I want you to, you know, stretch out. The problem is you have to know the purpose of why you're stretching out and why you're doing certain things, not just blindly following a routine that you see on the computer screen. It's very easy to get caught up in that. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so athlete does this. I need to do that too. That's great. But you have to understand what you're going for. If your hips do not have a good, aren't good at stabilizing yourself, you need to work on your hip stability. You know, I, I watch a lot of athletes when they do pistol squats, you know, they go down nice and controlled and as they come up, there's a whole lot of wobbling going on and they, you know, contribute that to balance a lot of times. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it's a lack of stability inside the hip capsule itself. Um, Kelly Starrett talks about this a lot. You know, why, this is why we teach the pistol squat because it teaches athletes to build up the stability inside the hip capsule. You know, you shouldn't just immediately run into a workout where there's 50 pistols. You should work on one pistol at a time, and the reason for that is I want to work on my stability as I go into that squat. There should be very little movement of the torso of the upper body as I'm shifting my weight over to the right side. I shouldn't be wobbling everywhere as I'm coming up. I should be able to go down into a pistol squat, come back up, switch legs, same thing on the other side with as little movement as possible because I'm trying to, the purpose of the pistol is to build up that stability inside the hip capsule. And if I don't have the stability there, the pistol squat will expose that. Same concept for the shoulders. We want to do the overhead squat because it exposes lack of stability or mobility in the squat series. So I want to be able to do that. You know, when we talk about stability and mobility, you know, you got to think of them as two separate aspects. And what this will do for you as an athlete, it helps you identify what's wrong with you. So when you go to a coach or you go to a chiropractor or a physical therapist or so, you know, a doctor and say, hey, I'm doing these. And rather than just saying, hey, I'm doing overhead squats and it hurts. You're not really giving them anything to work with. Are you missing mobility or are you missing stability? So this will help you speak smarter to your doctor and help you get back into the gym, back to, you know, your normal, you know, way of working out way faster rather than just saying, hey, it hurts. What should I do? So guys, understand the differences between stability and mobility, and that will help you, you know, help you, help your coach, help your doctor go 
a lot further along in your athletic training. So hopefully this answers a lot of questions when it comes down to the difference between the two and why we do certain movements. So hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to uh, leave a leave five star rating on you know below, and uh, don't forget to do great things for your country. Have a good one, guys.